And if there are American forces, if there's American citizens left, we're going to stay till we get them all out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Freedom Wire, your number one source for patriotic truth. Sean, Connor, Grace, we're all here today. We're going to be talking about bloody Biden and his broken promises. Um, we're going to get all into what has happened off after the last day or up to the last day and what's been left behind by Biden, including American citizens. But before we do that, please do us a favor, like this video, share this video, comment on this video. Do you think this is the worst military debacle in the history of the United States? If so, comment below. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel and hit that notifications bell. That way you'll know every time a new episode is up. Also, if you're not a member of Freedom Wire, please become one real easy to do. Click the link on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Give us your email. We'll start sending stories that are important to conservatives like you and like us, and you won't hear or read anywhere else. Now, um, we have at least 100 American citizens left behind. We have untold billions of equipment, vehicles, jets, um, sensitive equipment, computers, bioscans of Afghan allies. We also apparently have left dozens of service dogs left uh, uh, behind in at the Kabul Air, airport. Um, all kinds of things left behind, but the worst of which are the American lives, all of which Biden promised there would be nobody left behind after that last plane went up. That was a lie. He totally, totally broke his promise to the American people. And, and this is something that we, we if you want to talk about an impeachable uh, offense, you're looking at. This, is, this should be an impeachable offense. We should not have him as president much longer. He should resign. If not, Congress should follow through with impeachment proceedings. I 100% agree. And it, it's just crazy that we're leaving possibly hundreds. The State Department says one to 200 people behind all those service dogs. Apparently there's hundreds. I mean, there's a lot of unconfirmed reports, but they say there's hundreds of them. And we're just leaving people behind. And I don't know how we can call it the end of a war when we literally just left hundreds of hostages behind for the Taliban. And the State Department says, we're gonna rescue them diplomatically rather than militarily. I think that is literally the definition of a hostage. That's how you rescue hostages, is you negotiate with your enemy to get them out. <laughs> like, I don't know why nobody sees this, but it's not, this is not the end of a war, but it's just, this is just prolonging it. Yeah, we are witnessing once again, like we've said before, the massive catastrophic unmitigated failure of the Biden administration in every single aspect of this thing. They want to sit there and tell you that they have it all handled, that things are going to, according to plan. We all know they're not. We all know that every single day is taking them completely by surprise. They have no plan. All they knew is we're going to leave on this day. And if you're not out by then, that's on you. Because we mentioned, you know, there's estimated to be roughly over 100 American civilians still there. But when you listen to the State Department press briefing, what they said was there's just over 100 Americans who want to leave. 
what they are implying is that they have another classification of people who are Americans who did not want to leave or in any way did not make an effort to get to the airport in time. The criteria for that has not really been specified. It's just people who didn't apply to get on the plane. So there could be any number of Americans beyond that still there and we'd have no idea. And the fact that they didn't bother to stick around and try to get every person out, it, it, it's a massive broken promise on Biden's part. And he, he, there is a problem um, that has been brought, brought up and that's the fact that the entire Joint Chiefs of Staff were all appointed by Trump. Um, and that the planning has been going on for 18 months to withdraw from, uh, from Afghanistan. And this, and, and this is the, <clears throat> the finger of blame that they keep pointing at Trump and Trump's appointees. What these people don't realize is the Joint Chiefs of Staff do not operate independently. They have to answer to the Commander-in-Chief. The Commander-in-Chief is Joe Biden. Joe Biden tells them when and what, what or more likely when to act, much less when to act or what to do. But he, he's the one that has to coordinate or at least the administration has to coordinate what's going to get, what, you know, when these steps should have been taken. There was either a miscommunication or a lack of communication between the White House and the Joint Chiefs that led to this, which would not surprise me, seeing as how much Joe Biden hides from his duties as president. Yeah, he certainly hides from his duties as president. And to be fair, I don't think I really want him to be the face of anything or making any decisions because I don't think he's mentally capable of doing so. Um, but I do wish that the people who are calling the shots would reveal themselves so we know who is uh, leaving Americans behind and doing all these terrible things. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I predict that we're not really going to end this war. Just because we pull all of our troops out doesn't mean that it's actually the end. And it, from how I look at it, right now, we're no, we're no different place than we were two weeks ago, except with far less Americans in Afghanistan. So, I mean, what's the difference between now and then? Yeah, they've created a scenario that's going to blow up in their faces, create a much bigger mess. They're going to have to go back and fix things. There's going to be all sorts of calls to get involved again and try to straighten things out. But the only real difference that we have now is that all of a sudden, in the last maybe week and a half, they have pivoted to discussing the Taliban as not only a legitimate government entity, but also one that we can have an alliance with. That's their, their whole point about getting the other Americans out diplomatically. They're negotiating with the Taliban now as though not only were they a legitimate government, but they were a friendly government. We're going to talk with them. We're going to ask them nicely. You saw as soon as the takeover of Kabul started, there were all these petitions and strong requests for the Taliban to honor women's rights and uphold basic human decency as though they were not negotiating with barbarians who up until we gave them guns were fighting with sticks. Like, that's the complete insanity of what we're dealing with right now. They are expecting that the Taliban will be gracious, that they will abide by commitments, that they will stick to their word. 
none of that has ever proven historically true but all of a sudden they take over the government and now we're just supposed to assume oh yeah they're they're an honorable government they're they're gonna you know stick to what they tell us we can negotiate with them because now uh, a few days ago or maybe maybe yesterday two days ago saki was saying during a press conference that our new leverage is leveraging access to the international market uh leveraging you know international connections with the taliban as if we're going to stand there and say if you want to have a seat at the table internationally you you're going to work with us and we're going to you know help you get there as if that's what they were interested in as if they were interested in sitting down at the table with all the western world and having decent friendly conversation it's that they forgot that we're dealing with terrorists they forgot that half of this group has likely been infiltrated by isis like well, what are they expecting will happen here they're, they're well, expecting them to be polite and they will not yeah i mean we shouldn't be expecting them to keep their word to us in any capacity but unfortunately it is true that they used to be a legitimate government in afghanistan before we came and pushed them out so they do have that they they're not stupid even though they might be barbaric and horrible and terrorist um they kill people for all kinds of reasons but they aren't they're not stupid they do know how to ne negotiate and obviously with our presidency it's working and that's the sad part is that the taliban is winning we surrendered to them they won the war ultimately so I don't think we should necessarily underestimate their capabilities, and but we shouldn't expect them to be in any way nice to us. Yeah, and as of this podcast, I don't know if this was done as a legitimate edit or, you know, just a kind of crowdsourced change to the website. But Wikipedia currently lists the war in Afghanistan, like in the outcome section, as Taliban victory. Like the, it, well, the historical true. record, historical record at this point shows. Yeah, the United States was at war with Afghanistan for 20 years, and it ended with a Taliban victory. And that is not, that is not victory. Um, I just wrote a piece and I sent it. I sent it to Connor. I don't know if Connor has it yet or looked at it. Will, it. It'll, it'll be up on the site along with this podcast. So um, check that link in the description, by the way. How can you consider victory after getting hammered for 20 years, utterly destroyed? They've been in basic, basically they've been in hiding for the last decade. Um, the only reason they've raised their head at all is because we decided that we were going to pull out of the country. That is not victory. That's, uh, the, um, that is, I don't even know what to call it. It's not victory. It's, it's victory by default. They've been fighting a war of attrition because all they knew was that eventually we were going to either leave or they were going to beat us. Uh, we, we were on their home turf. All they had to do was sit in that cave and wait and occasionally take pot shots at us. They knew they eventually you know what, we were going to go. They didn't sit in a cave and wait. You know what they did? They signed up to become Afghan uh, army, got training from the American military to become a fighting force. And then as soon as America decided to pull out, and the money that they were getting paid to be soldiers for the Afghan military would stop payment, you know, stop being paid to them. They switched to the side that they were on the whole time. This was 
nothing more than a bait and switch. And, and you want to you want to talk about that that training they got. I mean, there have been all sorts of videos circulating and everything of you know clips over the past ten years of the U.S. Army trying to train the Afghan military on just the most basic things. There's, there was one clip of them attempting to show a group of them how to do jumping jacks. And it seemed as though nobody could figure out how to actually do it. It was almost comical if it wasn't a military training video. But the Biden administration kept saying, there's really no need to be afraid because all this stuff they took, they don't really know how to use. Because uh, at first they denied they were even getting their hands on American military equipment, vehicles, and weapons. They said, no, don't worry, they're not going to get it. And then they got it. And then Biden told us, well, don't worry about it. They're not going to know how to use it. Well, yesterday, we just saw a helicopter, one of our own helicopters in the air, being piloted by Taliban forces. And they were hanging corpses from the bottom of the helicopter as they hovered over a city. Public display of executing their rivals. We don't know who the person was on the bottom of that helicopter. And based on the graphic nature of the video and how truly shocking it is, we're not including the clip in this episode, but it's available. You can go find it. You can see it. They are executing people and hanging their bodies from the bottoms of helicopters that we gave them. And the Biden administration said, oh, don't worry. They won't figure out how to use the helicopter. If you think they're just going to stop at using it as a mobile gallows to go over a city, you're insane. They're going to start using those to attack people because that's what you do with an attack helicopter. Anyone with half a brain could have told you that. Here's the thing. The Taliban could, could invade, could now invade any one of the countries around them. They have the equipment to do so. Yeah, what, what was the, the stat? They now have more... Uh, attack helicopters and vehicles like that. Of 80, 86% of countries around the world. And we gave that to them. More importantly, we paid for that for them. Uh, they took money out of each one of our paychecks. Every time we got paid for the entire time we've been working to put money towards attack helicopters that are now being used as tools to execute the Taliban's enemies. And no one has a problem with this. Everyone's going to sit here and tell you that things are still going according to plan. Ridiculous. We have a clip of Taliban forces moving into the Kabul airport. They're wearing our gear, carrying our guns, walking into our hangar to go examine our helicopters. And that's all them. Here, take a look at that. Oh. All right. We're here right now with the Taliban as they enter into the, what was only minutes ago, uh, it was an American controlled portion of the military airport. Now they're taking over. And you see, that's the mess that Biden has created for us. He left all that there. And what do you think they're gonna do with it? Like I said, it's not gonna stop just with them using it to threaten their own people. We now have a well-equipped army who hates us. Well, we, and there's no accountability yet from anybody. Nobody, nobody has taken responsibility. 
Biden has not taken responsibility. Joint Chief of Staff has not taken responsibility. Uh, the uh, the uh, what's it called? The the the, the State Department. State, thank you. State Department has not taken responsibility. You know, the nobody thing. has taken nobody has taken responsibility for why this is so bad. Now, there's a video of Trump going around in 2017 where he said a sudden pullout would be a disaster. He talked about this in 2017. He talked about this. So why didn't anybody listen to Trump? Why didn't why did why did nobody just say, look, let's pump the brakes on this as soon as soon as the Taliban started taking over other cities, the withdrawal should have stopped, period. That should have been it. We should have gone right. You know what? You, it, it, these people only recognize power and force and violence. You have to treat them like you treat a child, and that's and and Biden's mistake was treating them like adults, and saying, "Okay, let's let's just be adults about this and do the peaceful." No, that's not what these people respect. People res these people respect the the fist, not you know the two fingers up. Yeah, they even praise the Taliban for working with them and doing the best they could with security at the airport and make sure that US troops uh, were able to withdraw American citizens and get people out. Um, but I think this is like a lame, horribly botched attempt at doing what Trump was able to do. Because when Trump patted people on the back, like Kim Jong-un or any of our other adversaries, it worked. But that's because Trump was a master negotiator. And I think this is their horrible attempt at trying to do the same thing. And they're losing desperately. And it's costing American lives. And uh, not only did 13 U.S. troops die, but 18 more were wounded. Uh, one of them is going to be a paraplegic. He's lost multiple limbs. And we don't know the names of those people. We don't know how bad their injuries are, if, it, if that death count will rise. And now there's hundreds, possibly. Uh, we don't know the exact number of Americans left there. And you just have to wonder what's going to happen to them. Because the Taliban already threatened that there will be deadly force if uh, we do not have our withdrawal complete by August 31st. And yes, technically we withdrew all of our troops. We didn't withdraw all of our Americans. So I shudder to think of what's going to happen to them in the coming days. And I hope that I'm wrong because I don't wish that obviously on anyone, no matter how bad the current administration is. It is a shame because they also, we were seeing reports last week about a California school with children and parents who for some reason went to Afghanistan for something and they were stranded there. We don't know. I don't know what the status is on them. Were they part of the people who were left behind? We have American kids left in Afghanistan. Who knows? Uh, and we that's part of the whole debacle here is that we have no information on any of this. And the, they don't communicate. They just play the blame game and say it's all Trump's fault. Orange man bad. And they, they, it, gets, it gets worse. Yeah. It, there's a, there is something that's worse here. And that's the fact that it wasn't just Americans that were stuck there. There are up to 6,000 British uh, uh, citizens stuck there. And the pullout of the American troops um, has left those people just as unprotected as the Americans. And they are our allies. Then um, this is why the, uh, 
the British Parliament is holding Biden contempt for this basic, um, basically he uh, surrendered to the Taliban for no reason. Yeah, yeah. and we, we are seeing what happens when weakness is put in a position of power because we want someone nice there. And, you know, we, Sean mentioned it at the beginning, and it's even the title of this episode, Bloody Biden. He's really outgrown the title of Sleepy Joe. You know, Sleepy Joe is, is funny, and it, it really shows, you know, how old he is, how much he's slipped. But Sleepy Joe implies that he's harmless. He's just going to take a nap while other people do things. Biden has blood on his hands now. There is no way to put that you know more kindly uh we have like grace mentioned the 13 american troops that were killed in the attack last week we did an episode on that at the time we were only able to report four confirmed dead we now know that number is up to 13 and with the exception of one every single person who died uh or every american troop who died was in their early 20s they were 21 to 25 except for one who is in his early 30s what that means is that all of these were children when we first went to afghanistan they were two three four years old and they were over there fighting a war that has been going on for their entire lives some of them were there for two weeks they were sent there because of this they would not have been there if biden had handled it correctly these people would not have had to be deployed over there had Biden followed the plan, proven himself to be even remotely capable. And instead now there are 13 dead, 18 severely wounded, uh, just shy of 200 Afghans dead. That's an important thing that we also need to discuss. It, the, the American casualties hit home, obviously, but there are families mourning their losses over there as well and there's a lot of them too. And then even beyond that, we just conducted a drone strike to take out ISIS targets that also took out 10 civilians, half of whom were under the age of 10. Biden and his people dropped a Hellfire missile that killed twin two-year-olds. And I know that America has a track record with the drone strikes that happened under Obama, it happened under, under Trump. So this is nothing new, but it's horrific every time. And yes, there are casualties to war. And yes, Biden and his people have been talking about that and they're promising transparency as they look into it, but it doesn't make it better. This is all stuff that is happening because of him. And he can't blame this on Trump, even though Trump initiated it. Biden's the one who oversaw it. It broke while he was holding it. So that means it's his problem. He can't blame shift on it forever. Yeah, it's horrific what's going on with the, the drone strikes killing innocent civilians. But like you said, it's, it's unfortunately, it's nothing new. Um, but I hope, I really hope that the Biden administration isn't just using these drone strikes as an excuse and saying that, oh, well, we had to retaliate against ISIS. And yes, of course, we should hold those who are responsible responsible, and, and kill them. <laughs> but we shouldn't, 
I hope they're not just blindly sending rockets into Afghanistan and saying, oh, we got a target, oh, an alleged target. I want to know exactly who those targets were and exactly how many of those they got with those drone strikes. You know, you guys understand what I'm trying to say? Like, I don't think we should just be sending in drone strikes to make it seem like we're doing this wonderful job to Americans and get payback because I haven't seen any of them saying they killed actually high profile targets uh, with the exact names included. Yeah, you know, you're right, Grace. There, this is, <clears throat> Trump was the most transparent president we've ever had, bar none. You knew exactly what the, what the Trump presidency was doing at any given time and doing it to, to whoever it was. Um, when we killed Soleimani, we, we knew who it was. Mm -hmm. uh, the Biden presidency has been the most shrouded presidency I've ever seen, even more than uh, Bush Sr. So, I mean, like, we don't know what is going on behind the scenes. They do not communicate. Biden is hiding. And I hate saying that because it's, it's a rhyme, but he's always hiding. We don't know what's going on. And what's funny is, is, is if you go on social media, you'll see the left are trying to hold this drone strike up as a, uh, you know, as a victory for Biden. What are you talking about? So he killed one, from what the reports have seen, one person that was involved in the planning of the uh, <clears throat> suicide bombing, and then uh, 10 civilians. That, that is supposed to be the exchange rate that we're doing here for 13 dead American soldiers? Is that, is that how it's going to go? Because that's a terrible, terrible exchange rate. Innocence and, 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 and soldiers gone for one dead terrorist. Does that make any sense? And at that rate, how are we even, any better? You know? Well, like, I wouldn't go that far to say how are we any better because someone does have to pay. No, and, I'm, and unfortunately, I agree with that. I, I totally agree that we should have, somebody should have to pay for it. And funnily enough, Biden's speaking out in condemnation of ISIS and threatening retaliation. One of the only moments I've ever seen him even sound remotely strong and I'm sure it's because he was reading talking points written by someone else. But like, I, I want this to be a win for the United States. I want us to be able to hold people accountable. But the fact that they are celebrating it as he did something great. N not that we're no better because of our reasons, but rather we're no better when we celebrate something with this mass collateral damage for so little payoff. Because then... That's the same thing as, oh, we took out one target, but we blew up everything else around it. They celebrate that on the other side, too. That, yeah, that's their the target favorite. was wrong. That They're, happens, too. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, but we, we do that, yes. But at the same time, we, have trans, we had transparency. We knew how mm -hmm. many people were killed. We knew that it was more than just one guy when Soleimani was taken out. We took, we took out a whole motorcade of terrorists. That was, that, you know, that was incontestable. Um, it's not just one guy. And, and, and especially 
when, when, when you take out Soleimani, when, when we took out Soleimani or uh, who was the guy in the cave? Uh, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, the, al-Baghdadi. the leader of ISIS. Well, when right. he blew himself up, he was surrounded by children. The, there were mass casualties on that as well. Right. But, but those are two, those were two leaders of these movements. Taking out a random ISIS member who was the brainchild of a suicide run is not taking out the leader of ISIS K. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. There, there are levels of mm-hmm. what what of, of what's you know of targets. And this was low-level target. This was a low-level target. Let, let's be honest. You just had a guy that goes, Oh, I can make a bomb, go wear it and run into this crowd. That's all they took out. They didn't take out the leader of ISIS K. They didn't take out the leader of the Taliban. They took out just another face in the in of the you know countless number of faceless ISIS members. There's Not a case the to be made that they did it because they wanted a win. They wanted an immediate strike back against ISIS K. So they were going to take out one of their members. That's a good thing. That should be celebrated. If this guy was a member of ISIS, yeah, turn him into a pile of human salsa with one of our best missiles and let's call it a day but like sean said there are levels there are acceptable losses with some of these things and one low level guy whose name we will never know because he was so irrelevant that it didn't matter in exchange for 10 civilian deaths that's more blood on the hands of the biden administration and yet the fact that they want to sit there and pretend like he's this squeaky clean and nice guy who's never done anything wrong in all his existence. It's disgraceful on the part of the leftist media that's trying to spin this as a win for him. It's nothing short of a tragedy all the way around, but they want you to say, not only did he do nothing wrong, he did something so right that you should be thanking him. You should be telling him good job. And Sean, you wanna talk about transparency. This is an issue that's so minor, it's not even relevant to anything had we not brought up the fact that they left all the service dogs there. Uh, Speaking of dogs, we just found out over the weekend, Major Biden, you remember uh, the Biden's rescue German shepherd who was sent home to Delaware after biting a secret service agent once or twice. Well, we just got some email confirmation that in addition to those three biting incidents, this dog bit a different Secret Service agent every day for eight days straight. Every day, bit a person. Sometimes tearing clothes, sometimes breaking the skin, sometimes leaving bruises. And they didn't tell us about that because and, and, why and, would and, they bother? And they and said he, di- he, he died, but something tells me he was put down. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you want to talk about a lack of transparency, if they will not be transparent about a dog nipping at somebody, how are you going to expect them to come clean about civilian casualties from drone strikes or complete foreign policy failures in foreign countries? They're, they won't. That, like, Trump couldn't hide things even if he wanted to because they wouldn't let him. But they will cover every little detail about Biden so that you never find out about it. Yeah, and had this been done correctly, we wouldn't even be in. I think that the reason they're not being transparent about who they were targeting with the drone strikes is because they probably 
aren't going to have, they're not, they don't have the same intelligence as they once did when we were in Afghanistan for 20 years. And we had allies who gave us tips and, you know, they had an entire operation where they interrogate people and they find things out. They don't have that anymore. So essentially they're probably just guessing at this point. I'm not trying to underestimate our intelligence community by any means, and I'm no expert on this issue, but based on the fact that we just rescued tens of thousands of Afghans who were allied with us, it, it makes me think that how, how are we going to find out who and where all of these ISIS targets are, because it's certainly not going to be the Taliban who hands them over to us. So this just creates more problems because, like we just said, someone has to pay for this, and I don't know how, it's, it's, how that's going to happen at this point, but I just hope that for the rest of Americans who are still there, that nothing worse happens. After after overseeing the biggest foreign policy failure America may have ever had, Biden has untold amounts of blood on his hands. And unfortunately, it's entirely possible that that is going to get worse. There are going to be more things that come out. It's just unavoidable at this point. Not that we'd ever wish for that to happen because like I said, we want this to be a win. I don't care who's in charge when American lives, human lives are at risk. We would love for people to, to be successful, whether it's Biden or Trump or whoever else. A win for America is a win for America. And that's all that matters because that's how you have a functioning country. But it's going to get worse because of how poorly it's been handled. And we have an administration in the midst of a complete optics failure of rather than a strong leader who's able to come out and try to do things correctly, own up to mistakes and make them better. We have an old man who falls asleep during foreign meetings and constantly walks away from the podium and says he's not allowed to answer questions and mumble something about Afghanistan and then leaves. And we have a guy looking at his watch during a military funeral procession. That this is what our leadership is putting out right now. It's not strength, it's not guidance, it's not implying to have a plan. We're watching an old man struggle to keep up. And that's what our country's reputation is right now. truly truly tragic there's there's so much more to say but also there's not much more that can be said because it's a very very solemn note to end on but like as with all the rest of these episodes stay tuned for more updates we don't want to bring you more negative updates we'd love to come out and celebrate successes and we hope we can but there's only so much that you can say about people handing stuff, handling stuff this poorly. But if you want to stay tuned with all those episodes, because we are against the clock here, unfortunately, make sure to do all the stuff Sean told you at the top, like, comment, subscribe on the video. Uh, Don't forget, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, pretty much everywhere else you get your listening material. Uh, Our Spotify listenership is actually up over 200% in the last month. So that's great. If you're listening on Spotify right now, don't forget to download the episode, subscribe to the show, and on both, make sure to switch on notifications so that you never miss an episode every time we come back with one. 
These are important updates. We want to keep everyone informed about what's going on. And like I said, like Sean told you, subscribe to Freedom Wire, give us your email. You will get content that you might not find anywhere else, things that are important to people like us, conservatives like you. And guys, any any closing thoughts here before we wrap? I just want to reiterate a really important point that we made at the end that we don't want anything bad to happen. By no means are we celebrating a Biden failure on this because I mean, when that happens, like you said, we all lose and it results in the loss of real American lives. Uh, people who have families like our, those 13 military service members who died, um, which is truly tragic and horrific. So again, Unfortunately, we have to criticize this and the truth needs to be told, but we don't by any means wish this on any administration. Yeah, um, I would just like to say I would love it if Jocko Willink would go ahead and buy a copy of his own book, Extreme Ownership, and send it out to the current administration and Joint Chiefs of Staff, as well as the State Department just so they know that it's somebody needs to stand up and take ownership of this debacle quit trying to pass the buck quit pointing the finger somebody just take responsibility yeah it, it's a disgrace what they're doing we have an article that we'll have linked below talking all about how biden is an international disgrace but we'd love for him to be successful we'd love for him to turn it around because it means our country would be better so on that note We'll conclude as we always do. If you're a person of faith, pray for what is going on right now. The world, our country, people in Afghanistan, we they all need the power of prayer right now. And on that note, we will leave you with this. Remember, stay safe, stay free. God bless America.